Welcome to the Humor and Mistakes Podcast. Howdy, my little mistakers. How's your week been? Let me know. Um, like and subscribe to the podcast. I've never actually said that on a um, on on an intro before. I guess that's what all podcasters are supposed to say. We're supposed to beg, ask, plead for you to like and subscribe. You don't have to like and subscribe. Go out there and do something great. Change the world. And then on your way home from volunteering, then like and subscribe. Or else your volunteerism meant nothing. Uh, this episode, I have it with my boy, Freddie Valoy. Um, both of us have a similar podcast and both of us have done similar things. So we decided to just join forces for a little bit and he's on the podcast. So this is a great episode for y'all. You should check it out. Uh, speaking of this week, I'm gonna be honest with you. If you're ever committing a crime, don't go with Michael Cohen because he will snitch when things get hot. Another amazing thing that happened this week is I was babysitting my two-year-old niece and she reached a milestone in life right in front of me. I might get a little emotional, but I sat down with her and she watched her first episode of Dragon Ball Z. Do you know how it felt to sit down and watch her watch Dragon Ball Z? It makes me want to have a kid just so I can experience those moments with McNeil Jr. Like the first time he watches Star Wars or the first time he asks who's the greatest basketball player in the world and I show him a video of old Kobe Bryant. Like just those memories that we have together. We play our first video game together. So yeah, my, my niece is growing up. And uh, y'all should check out this episode. It's a great one about growth. You see how I bring it all back around? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Humor and Mistakes podcast with me, McNeil. If you were just listening like two minutes ago, you heard me do the intro, but I mess it up, but it's okay because everybody makes mistakes. Uh, each week we have a guest on our show to discuss mistakes, mishaps, and missteps that they made throughout life. We hope to find wisdom and a few laughs on the way. Uh, once again, I am introducing comedian and creator of the Fred Talk podcast, Freddie Valoy. How you doing, man? I'm doing very well. I can hear you this time. That's good. That's very important. I know. Like you have to hear people in order for um, in order for a podcast to happen. So how are you doing? How's your day going, man? Pretty good, man. My girl's parents are in town, so uh, I was just we were hanging out. They were riding around bird scooters, and I was following them on a longboard, which I guess could look weird to people because it's just a white family and then me. Behind the <laughs> Maybe they adopted you. Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah. They're like, look at him living his dream. <laughs> I I am making his life better from him being around us. Yeah. Um, yeah so. Yeah, I was on your podcast a couple weeks ago, yes, yes. and then we have you on this one now because we do like kind of a similar podcast. I, I agree, man. It's a, it's the same vibe, and I was so excited to be on here, man. Because one, I think uh, as a society now with the whole vulnerability movement, everyone's starting to you know show that they do make mistakes and th- that they're human. So I like that your podcast and mine as well is uh, is a kind of it's a part of this movement. It's like let's just. Let's put it all out there so we can get better, you know? Exactly. I think it probably stems from both of us came to a point where we're like, hey, somebody could learn from some of the stuff we've done. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and we felt the need to to help people. So that's always good. Yeah. Um, so let's let's talk about who you are. Like, who, who is Freddie Valoy? Like, if you're in an elevator and someone's like, yo, man, what's, go- what's going on? What's you- who you are? Man, I'm a Dominican American, I guess. I was born in the U.S. Um, I'm a second-generation uh, Dominican, born in Yonkers. Born, excuse me, born in Manhattan, in New York City. Lived there until I was about eight, eight, ten years old. You know, that part's a little blurry. But then moved up to Yonkers, New York, which is you know just a few miles up um, the Henry Hudson. And then after high school, 
I moved to uh, Greensboro where I went to college. I was I was down south for like two months, and I was like I was like I'm not going back to New York. <laughs> <laughs> was it the weather? Uh, it was everything, man. The weather, the people. I was like, man, I could really do this. I, it was just like the level of anxiety, and just it was just fun. And also, I mean, I was in college at the time, so <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, you're like, this is amazing. What yeah, are you missing out on. I was like, this is great. People just walking by and saying hello out of nowhere. Like they're not what saying, wait, what the hell are you looking at? Exactly. <laughs> well, uh, we're glad that you're here. Um, and so, what did you go to college for? Uh, I went to UNC Greensboro. I graduated with a degree in nutrition. Okay. Yeah. So I, I bounced around a couple times. I you know I went in wanting to be a dentist. Then I was like, oh well, maybe I can be a physical therapist. Then I said, no, maybe I can be a registered dietitian. And then on my way out, uh, I was told about medical sales, and that's where I ended up. That's where I ended up landing. See, man, I went into college wanting to be a doctor, and then I took uh, <laughs> chemistry. Didn't do me any harm. I liked chemistry, biology ruined my dreams as a doctor like oh god it, it, yeah that's like that's like the backbone of being a doctor <laughs> i was like there's no way around this there's not a workaround <laughs> yeah. yeah so uh but i'm glad that you found other fields within medical stuff like maybe there is some kind of medical thing where you don't need biology I, I yeah I mean, I, I saw of different products, and you know, I saw like surgical headlights. You don't need to know biology for that. You just got to learn how, know, like, know how to turn on a light. Like, <laughs> I gave up my dream too early, man. I gave up my dream way too early. Um, so growing up, because you're a pretty ambitious dude, to be, and you were a college wrestler as well, right? Yeah, yeah, I was a Division One uh, college wrestler backup. So okay. I, I don't want you guys to give me too much credit, you know. <laughs> but that takes discipline. Just cutting weight. Were you always like a disciplined? guy who went after it or did you develop that along the way i man i i it's it's been up and down from at a young age i had it you know high school i was super disciplined when i got to college it kind of went down a little bit i got distracted you know i you, you have social life school and then athletics yeah yeah i kind of chose the social life and and the athletics not so much the school but like it the discipline in college went down a little bit so <laughs> yeah, I think it does for everybody there's like so much to do to where no one is your friend in college like when you really break it down it's like hey man I should study or you could come to this kegger with us <laughs> yes oh my god especially when the weather starts turning around you're like everybody's hanging out in the quad you're like yeah man fuck this test dude <laughs> exactly like I, I had good intentions I think a lot of my college friends led me down the wrong path like <laughs> Dudes, I really want to study for this test. Like, I have a big presentation in the morning. Bro, we can just go out. <laughs> Thank you for helping me achieve my goals, bro. Right? Like, <laughs> that's so true. I didn't even thought about, I thought about it like that. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I've had a lot of time to reflect on some of my relationships in college. Uh, but, yeah, I think, I think it's still fun, though. I, I think you enjoyed it, right? Oh, my gosh. It was so much fun. And it was really cool, like, growing up in New York which is just its own place in itself. And I grew up in very, like, uh, you know, inner, like inner city type neighborhood. Um, you know, grew up, I guess, lower middle class, I, I would say. Um, you know, a lot of violence, a lot of, like, crazy stuff going around. And then to go from there to Greensboro, which was, like, the opposite of that, it, it, was, it was cool. And what I've appreciated about it the most was going from the north to the south and getting different looks on like you know different types of people, different political views. I think that's been really uh, uh, my, like paramount in, in my development as a person. So I don't really have. I feel weird saying this, but I don't really have any strong beliefs. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I don't I don't political beliefs or, or anything like that. I just like to try to go with whatever makes sense and whatever I think is right. Um, so I can see you know both sides of an argument, being able to see you know trying to see, look at things as objectively as possible. You know. I get in trouble for that, man, because I'm always like, as strongly as you believe on your side, there is someone who believes just as strongly on the other side, and I don't think people realize that sometimes. Yeah, and it's it's tough to be say, like, you know, 49% of the country is totally wrong. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, it, it's just, it doesn't, that doesn't even make sense. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't deal with it, man. So, I'm, I'm a moderate, that's what I tell people, a moderate liberal a lot of we be doing some dumb stuff on the liberal side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Rolling my eyes. So. <laughs> These days, sometimes even being a moderate will get you in trouble. Exactly, exactly. Like, but do I have to be a right living liberal now? Because some of y'all getting crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, y'all walking up, punching people in the face. Y'all don't have guns, like, right? Guns. Yeah. Like, since when did you guys become the tough guys? Like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And if we're in a protest, I'm the one going down because they. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
So yeah, uh, but no, I, I I think it's interesting to to when people go to college and they're put in a different like uh, environment, right? Because that's what I tell people. For me, it was like very eye opening to be around. I mean, it's literally all white people because yeah. I had never been around that many white people before, and I just like learned and watched and observed and same. Oh. They were all the same but different. Yeah, dude. That that's yes. Yeah, so I feel like I feel like you and I are very very similar in a sense. Both wrestled. Both like had that transition from one environment to the next. But there is a lot to learn from both. So what I what I try to do is is take like leave the bad of whatever and take the good from all the different types of people I meet in different cultures and all that. Exactly, man. Uh, yeah, uh, if you don't have different types of friends, get you a different type of friend. Yeah, I have a guys. I have a redneck friend. Uh, they taught me how to fish and uh, fillet my own fish. I never done that before. Oh, that's cool. So you can grow, man. So yeah, get you different types of friends. Yeah, it, make stakers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Learn learn different skills. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I just up my resume in the job, zombie apocalypse from that skill <laughs> for sure, <laughs> exactly. dude. I'm, I would be screwed in the zombie apocalypse. The only thing I have, I think, is like leadership ability. But I mean, I don't know how. I don't know how I'm gonna like fit into that. I just gotta like. <laughs> <laughs> you got a Negan it, man. I don't know if you ever seen Walking Dead. He just went crazy. He had like leadership skills. And then he got people to follow him from being violent. So. And he was like, man, I'm going to have to do that to switch the violence. I'm exactly. <laughs> you got to be the first one to go crazy violent. Yeah. So people are like, oh. <laughs> I am good at hand-to-hand combat, so maybe that does work. Like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think jokesters are needed, right? Like, they may be lower on the totem pole, but, like, look, someone's going to have to keep people from going crazy. That's true, yeah. And at what point do you think they would get annoyed at the jokester? Like, all right, man, we need to eat, and you're you're just annoying at this point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, you told a joke if someone was getting bit by a zombie. <laughs> it was too soon? Like, you're going to have your too soon jokes? <laughs> just doing a bit as they're, like, dismantling you? Exactly. <laughs> like, really? You're going for the thigh first? <laughs> I have so much meat on, on this arm. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I would definitely be the too soon. Like, oh, it was too soon to talk about Becky? <laughs> she just died. God, McNeil. Oh, my bad. That's when I would regret all the weightlifting exactly. at that point. It's like, you guys got a lot of meat to eat now. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so you went to college, and then you started in uh, medical sales. I sold copiers first, but that was so that I, it was a stepping stone so that I could be in medical sales. Because if, you're wanted, if you want to be in sales, doing anything like copier sales, payroll sales, um, those two are typically anything business to business. That'll put you at the top of the resume stack. Um, for some of the more high-profile sales jobs. Is it because it's so brutal? Yeah, it's so tough, man. You're eating your cr- crap all day, man. It's it's like, uh, you know, knocking business to business. It's mostly no's. You know, your return rate or success rate is like in the single digits or something like that. So when you're making 20 calls a day, getting no's, and it, it, it's oh, long-term is good, but in the moment, a lot of times, I remember sitting, there were times I'd be sitting on the curb and being like, man, I don't think I, I don't think sales is for me, you know. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, uh, uh, Cat Williams said, part of what made him a hustler is being in sales because he used to be a door to door salesman. And I've heard that a lot. Like, sales te- teaches you to put your big boy pants on and be okay with the word no. Yeah. Do you feel like that's the truth? Oh, for sure, man. It teaches you how to take a no and then also get creative and figure out who you are because at the end of the day, people want to buy from people. Yeah. And if you're like m- one huge mistake I did in sales was they were te- teaching us off of a script, and they were telling us that, like, if you follow this script, you will make six figures, this, this, and that. So what I did, like an idiot, was just listen to them and follow the script the whole time. But what that did for me was, like, I would just sound like a robot, and my success was, like, it, it was, like, not even – it was, wasn't happening for me until I started opening up and being myself, making people laugh, all that. Then all of a sudden, people – I could tell things started going on the up and up for me. Okay. Yeah, you. I feel like, yeah, you'd be good at sales, like just talking to people. And do you think that makes you better on stage too, like having to talk to people all day? There's definitely like a cross-training aspect to it. And then starting stand-up now has helped my sales career, career even more. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, because I, I sell to uh, like neurosurgeons, orthopedic spine surgeons, cardiothoracic, and I had them on this like pedestal. And I was like, I'd, I'd be so nervous talking to them. It took me a minute to like really break myself in. But once you get on stage and you bomb trying to tell, you know, dick jokes, it's like, (laughs) (laughs) and then now too, it's like, I don't, I used to hide it at first and now I don't, I tell them and they actually think that's cool. They're like, oh man, that's so cool. You you have any comedy shows coming up? So it's definitely, there's a, I guess the communication aspect of it is the, you know, what's helped. You know what I've found? So I've been getting, uh, you know, better with rejection or the word no, 
no. And I find our society is not that way. So when anyone is telling me no, they like put like this big long paragraph before, and I'm like, bro, you could have just told me no. I'm like, I'm cool. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll just do something else, or you know. Yeah, it's weird, but it's sometimes that being blunt or not putting that paragraph for some people is looked at as like rude. Yeah. Or, or like, oh, that person. And that's typically because we're not used to hearing, some people aren't used to hearing no. So when you tell them no, it's some people take it as like a personal attack <laughs> on them. It's like, no, I just don't want to do that thing. Like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so let's get into some of the mistakes that you've made. Yeah, uh, man. Um, have you ever made a mistake that at the time you thought like you weren't going to get be able to get past or, uh, <laughs> for some reason, uh, the first thing that came up, it was always like getting in trouble at school. This is like, these are like minor mistakes, but like when the teacher would call my house, I'd be like, I I'm here again. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then just having to wait for my mom to come home to get my butt whooped. Like, I'm just like, gosh, wh why am I always here? It was like, there was like a, a cycle of just constantly making Whatever, like, being disruptive in class, whatever it is, yeah. Dude, I wouldn't change that for the world, though, because, like, I feel like that was comedy and training, right? Because I was... <laughs> yeah. I was learning the line then, like, of what is the... what is the How far can you take a joke before your teacher will get upset? Dude, do you, you ever remember in class, like, being like, I know this next thing's going to hit, and, I, and I'm going to get in trouble, <laughs> but I'm going to do it anyway? Yes! Oh, I, those are some of the best yeah. moments like, <laughs> you walk into the principal's office like everyone laughed yep yep it's, yeah, it's almost like as you're telling the joke you're already getting up like heading for the I'll, I'll go i'll walk myself out <laughs> i'm good I'm, thank you go out with the standard ovation yeah <laughs> oh man like but no those were those were amazing times though because i think like learning how to tell jokes in the classroom you you learn the line you learn timing if you can make your teacher crack up, then that's a whole different level. Yes, yes, where she's like, yes, she she's laughing, but she's sticking to the rules. Like, you got to go to the principal's office, but good job. Like, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. That was a good one. Um, or substitute day, like substitute days. <sighs> Poor, oh god, substitute <laughs> teachers, man. I feel so like, oh god, man. Legendary times. It was I just think like Jim Jeffries talks about that. He's like, oh, we're gonna make this girl cry. Like, it's, <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it was such bad times, but it was like enjoyable. When a sub walks in, you look at your friends like, "Today's going to be an amazing day." We we had our middle school. We had uh, these lot, row of classes that were like in the middle of the building, and they weren't. Uh, there was no windows, so if you shut the lights off, it would be pitch black. And there was this thing that, like, when a substitute came in at some point in the day, someone would flick the lights. <laughs> It would be pitch black, and then people would just start throwing these textbooks. And I'm talking about like science textbooks, <laughs> math textbooks. Just all, I'm, it, it was pandemonium. <laughs> oh, the the greatest prank we ever played was uh, we were supposed to watch a movie that day, and someone bought in. I think it was Players Ball, but it has like a a sex scene in it. So. <laughs> What grade were you in? Uh, I think we were in seventh grade. Jeez. Wasn't that movie like an R-rated movie? Yeah. <laughs> and we swapped them out and like had it right at the sex scene because we started the day before with the teacher. Yeah. And when she put it in, legendary time. I remember Corey Davis was sitting there just rolling like, oh, man, it was good times. Good times. So question, um, I, I, listened to, um, I listened to Red and Fred, and you yeah. talked about having a kid, right? Yeah. Are you going to be okay with your kid being a class clown? Yes. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So that that's going to be tough for me, too, because there's a point where you do have to be a parent, and I can't be like, yeah, just go ahead and be an asshole. So, like, I still don't know how I'm going to reconcile that, but it's like I know that – and I, I guess as a parent, you might be able to tell, like, all right, my kid probably is not fit for, like, regular world, and he's going to be a comic, but – I'm, I'm, I think about that. <laughs> <laughs> like, how bad am I going to let my kid be? Yeah, it's like deep down. Yeah, it would. I guess it's situational depending on what, what he did in class. I mean, it's like, what's the joke? And if it hit, I'm like, man, all right, you're good. You're grounded, but you know I got to do this. <laughs> exactly, because you want them to develop a personality, right? Yeah, absolutely. And part of that is, like, mistakes. So they might overstep their boundaries. You know? Oh, for sure. I can remember in sixth grade, it was, like, the first time we had, I had to take, like, real notes. Um, and my teacher flips this like board and she goes, all right, make sure you guys write all this down. And it was all this like small writing. My, <laughs> my initial reaction, I literally went, what? <laughs> and she goes, get out. <laughs> 
Oh man, I wasn't ready for those notes. Oh no no, <laughs> it was so different. Like you just had to start taking notes. Yeah, they tried to make you write in cursive, which was a waste of time. Dude, there was like I forget what what shift it was in in elementary school, but there was a point it went from like light and fun to just like it got a little heavier. It was like third <laughs> or fourth grade. You're like, what that? What are we learning about? What is this? <laughs> school used to be fun. Like, yeah, they just dropping on you. Um, so did you feel like those uh, acting up in class affected you at all, or? I was lucky because I always had good grades because my mom giving me the butt whoopings motivated the, the grades. And I noticed that, like, I, she never checked my homework or anything like that. It was just, like, what are the grades every quarter? Yeah. And if they were good, then I was – then they would get off my back. So I would just always make sure that I had good grades. So I, I graduated 16th in my class in high school, but I was – you know, I, I had been suspended a couple times. I would, you know, um, more so elementary and, like, middle school – High school was a little bit better because I was focused with the wrestling and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, it, it was, yeah. See, man, my mom was the same. Like, she'd say, if you make a bad grade, you're grounded until the next grades come out. Not progress oh, reports. Oh, my gosh. Grades. That's a, that's a whole that's a whole quarter. And, that see, that's another thing that changed the game, too, was getting grounded. Yeah. I went from butt whoopings to groundings at one point. I, like, I guess my pain tolerance got higher, and I wouldn't cry. And I, it was the first butt whooping where I didn't cry. My mom was walking away, and in my head I'm thinking, oh, that's good, that's good. She turns around, she goes, you're grounded for two weeks. I just started crying. <laughs> <laughs> that's what got me, because we made the transition, too. Because I have this, I used to have this problem where if I thought I was beating you, I had to tell you, right? <laughs> <laughs> so my mom was still giving me whoopings, and they weren't hurting as much. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, a 20-minute butt whooping or whatever, five-minute butt whooping compared to being grounded. I'd rather be get a butt whooping. Like, Same here. Take yeah. it all day, like a simple side. So I was, I'd been acting up over and over and over again. And my mom just couldn't understand why buttons whoopings weren't working. And in my head, I'm winning. So I decided to let her know. Like, let's let you know, butt whoopings don't do anything anymore. She's like, okay then. Oh, grounded, <laughs> grounded me for a whole month. Oh, you showed your cards. Bro. I showed. It. <laughs> What's the point of winning if you don't brag about that, it? That's true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that has been one of my greatest flaws in life. <laughs> you got to brag a little bit. Um, so let's talk about some of your other mistakes. Yeah. Because um, uh, I've listened to your podcast, but I want to hear from you, and then we'll talk about some of uh, Yeah, man, I, I'm going I'm to put, put it out there. This is something that I'm going to talk more about in, in my podcast as well. Um, my, my therapist told me that people would rather talk about sexual abuse than their finances. And that it like clicked for me because it's something I've been thinking about anyway. But my biggest mistake overarching in life has been I've never really been able to manage my money. I've been like living paycheck to paycheck up until recently. And there's no there was no excuse for it. Like, it's not like I wasn't making money. It was just like the behavioral aspect of it. I, I could just I couldn't stick to a budget. I couldn't even sit down or do a budget at one point. Like now I'm like I'm four months strong right now on a budget. I'm like so freaking proud of myself. Congrats, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's um it it's just it's always been tough for me. And I, I failed hundreds or probably thousands of times being like, all right, this month I'm gonna put some money in savings or I'm gonna put extra towards my student loans and I could just never get it done. Um one book that helped shift my mindset a little bit was uh, when I was twenty seven, I'm thirty two now, when I was twenty seven I read Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover and that's when I got introduced to the whole debt free um, lifestyle, you know, making sure that you don't owe anybody money to give yourself leverage and the freedom. So that's what I'm working towards now is um, trying to pay off my student loans. I'm like, you know, my girl and I, we have this like budget on Excel spreadsheet, whatever we, we cover our expenses or, you know, maybe some going out to eat once a week. And then the rest goes towards um, paying these student loans down. So that's that's what I'm working on now. So you're on uh, Dave Ramsey's snowball plan. The uh, Yep. We're on, on the baby, like baby steps. Baby step. You're on baby step two right now. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's what we're on now. She just paid off her um, her, her student loans. Okay. Yeah. See, Dave Ramsey got me right too because I I found him right after college. Dave Ramsey out here changing people's lives, man. Dude, that's the way to go. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Justin. When I read that, when I was reading that book, I didn't know. Like, I'm so I I just know financial literature whatsoever. Like, I was reading the book and he's like, oh, don't have credit cards, don't pay it off. I, and it wasn't until I read that line in the book that I even thought about that. I always just assumed like you just have a, a credit card debt that's just kind of revolving and it's just it maybe there's a range that it stays at. Don't get it too high, but you definitely want to keep it somewhere like and then even student loans. I was like, oh, that's something I'll just pay off throughout my whole life. It's kind of like a power bill or yeah. something like that. I was like rationalizing it. Then I read that book and I'm like, oh, I'm an idiot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can pay these off early. Yeah. 
Oh man, it's it's crazy that they do not teach. I'm a conspiracy theorist, by the way, on some things. It's crazy that they don't teach financial management in high school. Like, if you talk about one of the lessons people should learn, it's like how to manage money. Like, it's a basic thing that everybody needs. It is. It's 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 moving num. It's moving numbers from one thing to another. To like, essentially, money. What it is is energy, so you can do what you want. Like, if there's no inherent value in it itself, but the freedom aspect and. There was no emotional attachment for me with money. My account would be at like eight bucks and I wouldn't be anxious about it or anything like that, which it, it was bad because I couldn't, uh, you know, I didn't have the emotional attachment to actually stick to a budget. And it wasn't until I started comedy where I was like, damn, if I wanted to pick up and move to L.A., I can't do that right now. And that's when it finally set in for me. And I'm like, all right, if I really care about comedy, I got to get my got to get my stuff together here. Dude, same, man. I was like, I, I was like, I like the freedom of being able to do what I want. And I noticed that, like, if I have all this debt, there's a certain amount of money I need to make. Yeah. And part of me is like, I grew up poor, so I am. I don't like having. I didn't like having a certain amount of money that I need to make. So I'm like, I found Dave Ramsey a couple of years ago, and I'm like, three three months away, June fifteenth of like being done with my student loans. Oh, congratulations, but, man! That's awesome. Hey, man, I've been grinding. I've messed up relationships trying to get this together because I've had girls sit down and tell me like, "You're too cheap." And I'm like, I don't want to be in debt no more. You made a good decision, yeah, man. man. You, yeah, you got you got to because that's something that's so important for like your mental health and all that, man. And and the sooner you can get out of debt, the better. Yeah, I, th- I always joke with my boss. I'm like, hey, after I pay off my debt, I might just walk in here and be like, yo, I'm out. <laughs> I don't need to make – do you know how cheap I am? I don't need to make any money really to live. So That's, that, that's the way to do it. Like keep your overhead super low. And, and, I'm, and I'm not – I'm obviously not speaking. <laughs> like, I'm, not a, I'm not a person that buys things. I just yeah. go to – I like going to nice restaurants and just eating. And just, that's where I overindulge. Oh, my – yeah, mine is food too. Like, yeah. Food is so good. It's so good. I I had got a job in college um, working at um, a fine dining restaurant, and that exposed me to a whole different level of like I guess white people as well. Because like <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, there's levels to white people. Hold exactly. on, exactly. Yeah, it's like it was a college, and then it was like this like whole artsy fartsy like high end stuff. And I and I learned about wines. I learned about how to pair wines with food. It was actually really it was a really cool learning experience. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. Well, you, you discovered good food, right? Oh, so, yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, I discovered good food. So then after I got out of there, I'm like, oh, what's this restaurant? Oh, oh, oh European sea bass. I'll try that, you know? like. <laughs> See, and the thing is, I used to be ignorant and be like, look, poor food, the poor way, like not having any money because I could make a meal out of Spam or mm-hmm. give me some oodle no- uh, oodles and noodles. I can hook them up. And then I was like, I went to a, like a very nice, a Ruth Chris, I think it was, and got one of their steaks. And I was like, I don't have to even put steak sauce on it. Like yeah. the meat melted in my mouth. And I was like, I see why people pay a lot of money for food. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And those, their Brussels sprouts are really good. Oh, they're delicious. So good. Oh, yeah, man. So how did you start working out like I have a financial problem? Did you, did you ignore it for a while? Oh, yeah. I, I you know, not look at my account, just kind of spend, um, it, 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 this was, I'm, I'm talking about, ye- I mean, years since, hmm, definitely early 20s. I was just kind of spending, copy your job, spending. Too. So even when I made, was making really good money, I would just, I would just spend it, spend it on like drinks. This was when I was partying hard, I'd spend it on drinks and drugs and all that. Yeah. Then I read Dave Ramsey's book and that gave me the, the at least the mental capacity to be like i know i shouldn't be doing this so i was building a little more shame as i was overspending but it still was not enough emotional uh connection for me to actually like commit um and it wasn't until recently where i uh i put myself in a tight bind because i had i went from one job to another with the startup and the commissions weren't coming in so it was forced to like really live on a budget because i wasn't making these you know commission checks or anything like that and i ended up running up two credit cards behind my girl's back Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, that, that sucks. Yeah, yeah, dude. So I, I, I did that, and when she was upset at me in the moment, I felt like I was gonna lose her. And I, her and I just got back together like the year before, and I'm trying to do things right. And in that moment, I was like, oh, she's gonna leave me for being just a bum dude for just like not being able to be be adult about this something that's so important. And that was when we we got on, um, uh, we followed Budget Mom on Instagram. And she has this whole like workbook thing where you track every single expense and all that. So I finally, I told my girl, I was like, listen, you got access to all my accounts. We're going to look at everything every month. It, giving myself that accountability 
to know that my girl's going to look at my stuff. <laughs> we, we look at each other's accounts to make sure there's checks and balances in our system. Yeah. And we track every penny. And that's been that's been the biggest thing. It's just like putting it out there to be held accountable is something that um that, that really does help. Uh, one thing that impresses me about you is that you're good and always willing to like admit when you are wrong, right? So I was listening to, I was telling you today, I was listening to uh, Fred and Fred, that episode. I don't want to reveal too much because I want people to listen to it. It's a very good episode. Uh, it's about you and your girl opening up about a breakup that y'all had. Y'all are together now. Yeah. And one of the things that like impressed me is like you were like, I made a mistake. Like, um, and it it was very it was very refreshing because people aren't normally like that. They aren't willing to be like, look, I made a mistake. Like, and even myself, I told you that I was in a similar situation where I broke. Well, actually, we we broke. Me and my girl broke up, and like for the first year, I could have gone back, like tail between my legs, been like, yo, I messed up, and like her and I even talked about this, and I didn't because I was too prideful. And you were like, look, I I realized she was the one. I went back. So tell me about like how do you get to that level where you're like. I am cool with admitting my mistakes and um, humbling myself. Knowing that, like, this is why I love this podcast, because, like, everybody makes mistakes. And I think the more we put out the mistakes, the more people realize, like, it's okay. And it's okay to be wrong. No, You know, it, um, I, I think it's, I don't know. The, a part of it, too, is, is, is I think, like, the whole, to me, what right now being gangster is, is being debt-free and just being, like, honest like right righteous in a sense of like trying to look at things objectively and do what's right so if you put things on paper is this the right thing you know and and, and just confront confronting it that way so it's it's been work but just putting it out there and and what you find is that the bigger the f the fuck up is or excuse me the bigger the mess up is as long as it's not obviously not like murder or anything like that the more people will respect you for coming out and getting ahead of it, and yeah. and, and, and it, it's just you can see it in their in their reaction. They're like, "Oh wow!" Because everyone knows how hard it is to be to be honest. So um, this is actually the first time I'm talking about my financial Achilles heel here. Yeah. That's that's one that's by far my biggest mistake, and I'm gonna open it. I'm op open up more um, on my podcast about it through like some kind of financial series so you see the debt-free journey. I got somebody coming on. We're going to talk about debt, um, like student loan debt and how like debt is the new slavery essentially. Yeah. So this is this is a great – This is I was, I was so nervous coming in here because <laughs> I had never opened up like this at all about my, my money. It was just like my girl and a couple of friends that know. Well, and that's my thing. I think if people were more open about mistakes, the world would be a better place because I told you like I went through this phase where I was like everyone seems like they have it together, and that's not the case because I'm sitting here – Doing research and more people are depressed and more people are on antidepressants and I'm like, where is where is this on the internet where people are like, hey, like I am making mistakes. I'm not happy with where I'm at, um, and so I think it's 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 weird sometimes when you're online and everyone seems like they have it all together. Yeah, and and we're at the infancy now with this the vulnerability aspect on social media. You see a lot of the uh, like fitness models and people talking about I I had this trauma in my life, which is good. There's a part of me that like, just being a comedian, the skeptic, where I can tell there's like performative vulnerability going on. Like yeah. there was this one country singer's wife that tried to be like, oh, ladies, it's okay if your house is messy. And she showed this like one area. It was like a table where there were a couple <laughs> toys. I was like, you bullcrapper. That's not, that's not, that's not what this is. You that's know? That's not your... um, But, but yeah, it, it's so taboo to talk about finances as well, which is another reason why, you know, when my therapist said that people would rather talk about sexual abuse than finances, I was like, man, let's, I want to make, you know, talking about finances, not so taboo. Cause here's the thing. If we're not having the conversation, then we're not, there, there's a high percentage of people that one bad day would put them in bankruptcy. So why don't, why, why don't we have the conversation about finances? There's a lot of people out there that are financially illiterate, myself included. But if these conversations were had openly, then maybe I could have learned earlier or maybe, you know, just all of us, we can all raise the, the, the tide for everybody. Exactly. And I, I like the idea of people learning earlier. So like I always tell people, put your idea, your mistakes out there. So there's some kid that needs to know that, you know, at 21, because he's nervous about his major, it's okay. Yes. And I remember freaking out about that. Like, and no one sat down and was like, I, I had one professor sit down with me and was like, look, you're 21. It's okay. And like, that was the first time I was like, oh, it's actually all right. But it's it, it's crazy that people don't open up about their mistakes. Like we're so we have to seem so perfect. Yeah, it, it, it's it, and I I hope this trend 
you know, keeps going because it, we need to understand that it's okay to mess up. Also, like, messing up isn't bad if we're learning from it. It's a, it's a chance to learn if, if, we're, if we're open and honest with ourselves. So can you talk about uh, one of those times when it just hurt to, like, own up to something? Hmm. Oh, man. I, when uh, Reconnecting with my girl's family was, was, was tough. Cause I had to, you know, I, I'd left in such a, like an abrupt manner. It was like a pull the bandaid method because the, the reason I'd, I'd left, I didn't want to, I'd been in relationships where I didn't want to be in there and I'd spent months just kind of just not being checked out. It was just wasting my time and that person's time, not treating them right. So I said that if I was ever in a relationship where I didn't want to be in it, I would really think through it quick and just not waste anybody's time. So I left. It was, you know, I left her with all this stuff. Freddie, it was, you got to yeah. throw out the trash, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to take out the trash. I did have, I did have uh, one of my, he ends up be, ended up being a podcast guest. He broke an engagement off and he said, listening to that episode helped him do it the right way and not leave her <laughs> just hanging dry. Dude, it was a, it was a real jerk move. Um, but linking up with like her friends and family and like just instead of being the person that's kind of like cowering, it was just Easter. We're in Virginia at her, at her, uh, aunt, aunt and uncle's like party so there's like people around and i didn't want to be the dude because i knew there was people talking oh her, her boyfriend's coming back blah 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 this and that so i just i got ahead of it i just went and just i, I put it out there and I, sh I went up whenever i found a good opportunity i would pull them aside be like look them in the eyes shake their hand be like i'm so sorry for what i did to rachel uh know that you know now that we're back I, it will not happen again you know and and i could it was i could see like people go it went from like a tight like oh hey how's it going to like all right, man, you're good, dude. Don't even worry. Like it, it's, it, I could tell it was, it was very genuine and honest. And I think that if there's a level of respect people have, if you're honest, yeah, you can't, you can't be upset about somebody being honest. Like, so honesty is key, no matter what. Yeah, and it's you. When people are honest, they respect you more. So I, I've found that even in relationships, if I'm like, look, I, I'm not feeling hanging out today. Like, that's more than that's better than me hanging out and being in an upset mood. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree with that, man. And and you talking about honesty and relationships. My girl and I right now we're hit, we're hit, we're hitting a good sprint and a good, we're at a really good place in our relationship. And we at one point we're sitting down and go like, hey, listen, like our thoughts, we aren't our thoughts, right? Yeah. You know, sometimes we have messed up thoughts about ourselves, mostly about ourselves probably, and then sometimes about the person that you're with. I was like, don't sit on those thoughts too much. Get them out there. We'll try not to take it personal. You know, some of us have bad days. Let's get them out there and we'll work through them together. Ever since we started doing that, it's been, like, it's been light. It's been fun. We, it's, this is probably the most growth that we've had. And we're in this place where it just, I've never had this feeling and this connection with someone. And I think the honesty piece about it is good. So you have to have two people that are like, okay, I want to look at myself objectively and I want to be honest. And then I want to join with someone that's in that same page and 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 work through it like that and there's times where my girl will say something you know it really annoys me when you do this and i think if we do if you do this too long i'm gonna end up building resentment to it and then 10 minutes later she'll go you know what's weird is like i just got that out and all of a sudden i'm no longer upset about that thing or i'm now no longer annoyed sometimes just getting it out just saying it yo just saying it helps man yeah hey man the the Red and Fred podcast needs to be a thing so y'all can be out there giving relationship advice. I, I would that's we're we're working on that now. It's been tough with like work and just procrastination in general, but we're we're banking episodes now. We have uh three episodes, which includes the breakup part two, where you hear a little bit more from my side because the first part is uh is is mostly with Rachel. Um, but yeah, it's something that we definitely want to do and, and give relationship advice, but also get relationship advice from, from other listeners and whatnot. Cause I'm always down for it, for ideas, man. I love I, when people and ideas are probably my favorite thing. And when those things, when they start clicking and, and working, it's, it's just, I think that's where the magic happens. How are how are you with relationship advice? So for, for, I mean, taking it right. So for me, I don't like getting relationship advice from anybody that's been in a relationship or married less than 10 years because for me i'm like i <laughs> i i don't know if things y'all are doing in y'all's 10 years so far is going to lead to y'all breaking up so i need like the 60 year old advice like, <laughs> yeah. like, like most people break and like most divorces happen in 40 so i need y'all to have gotten past that rough patch yeah yeah the, the, the grind of the relationship exactly i i, I like to I like to compartmentalize, so I don't. I don't look at just because someone's not where I want to be doesn't mean they don't have anything good to say. True, because some people are like, "Well, you you only want to 
listen to advice from people that are like, you know, the Oprah or whatever. It's like, no, I think someone always has, these people always have, you know, things to say. Um, so I, I like to take has advice. Yeah. Even if it's one sentence that can help, I like to take that as well, which is what I like about podcasting is like, I listen to other people's ideas and I'm like, oh, that's cool. I never thought about that. Like, it, I don't know. I like that part of it. It is, it is good because I listen to uh, 30 seconds to freedom, 30 minutes to freedom. What's that? Uh, it's this dude. Uh, he used to take steroids. He's a business owner now. Uh, he used to be a douchebag. And like, he still has like. <laughs> So his his advice comes from like a dude who is like, look, I decided to change my life, get it together, and like sometimes he's a little blunt, but I like I like those motivational speakers that are a little blunter than uh, the ones that are a little bit more heady. Like, hey guys, let's just sit in a room and talk. Yeah, like I like the ones that are like, look, get up, bitch. Like, yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> that's how it is in wrestling. Like you have to toughen it out sometimes. Yeah, man, I I, I like I like both sides of it all because there's you have to be kind to yourself but then there's sometimes you got to kick yourself in the butt and you got to get up and you got to do it there's no other thing and when when i went through my situational depression this is like uh, a little bit before the breakup and slightly after there was a part of me i think that i needed to get my stuff together and i was frustrated because i wasn't 100 percent honest with myself on the work that i needed to do and i didn't want to do it so there was this frustration that built in and i started doing something that i almost never do was almost like pointing fingers on the outside and my thing is like if you haven't if you ain't perfect you shouldn't be blaming your problems on anybody like, like to blame your problems on someone else you just completely remove the power from yourself and it's so easy to just all of a sudden start being like oh well this is why i didn't get that this is why instead of being like well maybe i could be better at like eye contact i can work on little things to make myself better so like I don't know, just work, work on yourself. I guess Jordan Peterson says clean your room, yeah. which I take as, as a metaphor to just, like, make sure you're, you're good on the inside so that way you can help the people around you. Yeah, I have the same – like, so I lean to more towards the kick in the butt a little bit. Yeah. Just because, like, I think – I may have told you this on my podcast, but, like, uh, my, my uh, great-grandfather, like, did, like – I want to say – I don't want to say he was a slave, but he did sharecropping, which was, like, a slave thing. But he saved up his money to buy his own farm and, like, worked his tail off, saved money and left over, like, a million dollars to now worth a million dollars to my grandparents. Right? Oh, that's awesome. Uh, wow. Like, to all four of his kids. Like, that was his goal to leave them everything. Like, he left them a bunch of farmland, right? Yeah. So, at times, I'm like, dang, he grew up in the, he grew up in the 20s and the 10s, like, 1910s. How can I complain about anything that I'm going through? I, I will always remember that story yeah. because when I, on a downtime because you're right. Like that, I mean, talk about the odds. Even if you know, you know, it's not easy being yeah. a colored person today now. But like, it, he he did a million dollars in 1910 <laughs> as a black. Like I can, I, exactly. I can get out of, I can get out of debt. Exactly. You know, exactly. <laughs> like, I can't even complain. Like I imagine meeting him in heaven one day. Like he's like. You really complain about your life, man. <laughs> Sonny. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Imagine that. He's just looking at you like, come on, man. Second grade education. <laughs> Second grade education. Step your game up. You went to college. <laughs> oh man. Um, so I told you I have questions from the internet. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, just people's perspective. Um, so what do you do when you have a bad day? Bad day as in, like, things didn't line up, like, things were falling through, or, or is it one of those days where internally I'm just feeling down? We'll, we'll say both. So okay. we'll go with the first one. Like, in, internally you have a lot to do and you don't feel like doing it. Okay. Get up and get moving. Get up and get moving. And I, this is something I'm, I still work on. I, I, I go through this, like, cycle of self-development and self-destruction, I feel like. Um, and getting up and getting moving is the best thing getting the headphones out of your ears if you're constantly listening to podcasts or music i think it's a way to distract yourself so doing those little things but once you get up and get moving and get up and start talking to people then the internal and i'm not this is not to, for anybody that's like clinically depressed or anything like that i'm talking about you just in a funk kind of thing but being around people typically typically helps um if it's something where just a line of bad things are happening i i got into like stoic philosophy a few years ago and I just most of my life right now is is good or it has been or just the fact that I'm here I just try to find gratitude and appreciation for what I do have and know that like bad days happen if it's nothing catastrophic you know you, you can work yourself out of almost any any bad situation if you really really want to and I, I thoroughly believe that I'm not some like trust fund kid like I was on welfare at some point at one point like I've been been at different points of my life, been around different people, and I really do truly believe that 
if you put your mind to something, you, you can get it done. I know that sounds cliche, but I, I believe that wholeheartedly. It's weird that you say it sounds cliche, cliche because the, I used to think that that stuff was BS too. Like, oh, just put your mind to it, focus. But it's so simple. Like when when some people, some people ask, like, how did you do the podcast? I was like, I started clearing my Saturdays and working on it. And I have, I have a friend who's uh, very well off right now, and he, he, he made a lot of money in the stock market, and he runs his own business now, and he can retire. Like, and so when I first asked him a couple years ago when he was first making the money, like, how do you do it? He's like, I went back to high school. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I took class. He's like, I pretended like this was a class, and every day for two to three hours, this is what I did. And I, he's like, I just studied. Yeah. And it's so simple, but people make it hard. Like, you just have to put the work in. Every day. You just got to sit yeah, sit down and do it. I mean, especially with the internet now, the barrier to entry is so low. You can find any information you want, anything you want to do. That's how I picked up longboard dancing. I saw a little Asian girl dancing on a longboard, and I was like, oh, my God, that looks so cool. And I'm like, well, I can just learn that. If I, I had this, like, feeling inside. So, like, anything you think, I think if you, like, think about something a lot or you see something and you think it's so cool, go after that. Like, if you're – especially if you're, like, in a rut – Find something that you're interested in and approach that. And some people, like I had talking to a buddy from back home, um, he he likes to make excuses. And I, I was like, he was like, oh, I want to do this. I'm like, well, just find something you like, whether it's painting, drawing, whatever. He's like, well, I can't leave my job. And I'm like, I'm not saying you got to leave your job. Spend an hour a day drawing and just do that. What you might find is that you don't actually hate your job. You just don't have an outlet for anything and you don't have anything you like. But if you pick up a hobby, some sort of hobby of some sort, whatever that is for you, um, then what you'll find is that you didn't hate your job. Now, all of a sudden, you're this happier person. Now you're bringing this whole new swag into this job you <laughs> thought you hated, and then and then opportunities start opening up. So, oh, that, that leads me to a good question, because uh, I'm actually asking for my own personal knowledge. As you get more of a, a person who gets things done, right? You yeah. become And you start to realize you just got to get it done, like you have to find a way to do it. How do you translate that into helping people, right? So, for example, I I have people in my life who are asking, like, how do I get stuff done? And I'm like, at some point, you have to just buck up and do it, right? That's what you're telling your friend. Yes. And you realize that they make a lot of excuses. How do you divide that? How, how do you have those conversations with people when you're like, look, in the back of your mind, you're like, that's an excuse. Like, when they tell you something, you're like, that was another excuse. How do yeah. you talk to those people? Um. I try, I guess, to lead by example, you know, just go out and do. And when you'll be surprised at how many people like see, especially if you're if you're active on social media and you're out doing things, which is weird because I've started to use social media as like this accountability tool for myself. That's why I'm like, if I talk about my finances on my podcast, I'm having no choice but to get it together because I don't want to I don't want to go back on in three months and be like, hey, guys, I'm actually in more debt now. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, So like documenting your day, like this is what I want to do. And then like posting it it's like i, I gotta get this done even i did that i had three i wanted to do three open mics and a lot of times when i'm like i want to do three sets i might only do one or two yeah. but i'm like if i tell people i'm gonna do three then i gotta do three on social media so it's it's this weird little trick you gotta find like little tricks and hacks to do it but at the end of the day you just have to do it and if i'm a chronic procrastinator it's like it's something that I, i'm still working towards like my self-development has been like uh it's trending up but as it's trending up, it's definitely like, boom, there's like dips, like notice, noticeable dips, but it's heading in the right direction. Um, but just just doing, doing things. Which is which is how it is. Like, that is the reality of it. Like, as a fellow slacker, man, like, <laughs> tomorrow, sat, Sunday for me is going to be editing podcasts and video because I waited till the last minute to do it. But I'm going to have it done by Monday. And normally, because I, I have a therapist too, sometimes you got to look at the good things where – most Mondays I wouldn't have it done, but now I'm confident because I release it every Monday. Yeah. And I'm going to have it out Monday, and I'm not going to make an excuse. And even though I waited till the last minute, I'm not going to beat myself up for it. Right. That, that's, that's, that's important, too. Um, my podcast has taken, like, a couple-month hiatus, and it's solely because I, I, just, I just fell off personally, and I was procrastinating, and I was – I was I didn't want to sit down to edit my episodes, but I found a fix. It's like now I found a, a, a sound engineer – for 50 bucks an hour, he can get two or three episodes done for me. And I'm like, there you th go. That, that's worth it for me. So I now in my budget for the line item, I put, you know, we budget 100 bucks a month for podcast edits. And I don't wow. have to sit down for hours doing that. Like, 
<laughs> hey man, I might have to, I might have to get his number. Yeah, yeah, I can give you his email. He's he's really good. Okay, yeah, it turns the episodes around in about a week too. Oh, yeah, there we go, man. Yeah. That'll take out, <laughs> edit out out uh, all the ums and whatnot. Oh yeah, whatever you need him to do. Okay, okay, hey, I'm down for that. Uh, let me get another question from the internet. Yeah, um, let me say pull this up. Uh, what are three things in my life I can do to be start being successful right now? Oh my gosh, that's weird because I don't. I'm not even there yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, three things. I guess uh, I'm talking to myself here too, just like a, as a reminder. Um, I'm naturally a positive person, so like, but what I've found is that you know, remaining positive helps. That, that sounds cliche. Uh, treat your body right. Uh, actually, you know what? Get sleep. That's my new focus now is like getting at at the very least seven hours of sleep. Because for me, like now all these studies and you're hearing podcasts talk about sleep. Sleep is like the it's like if you're a, a sniper rifle and you, you got your you know, you're going to take a shot. If you don't have good sleep, then your scope isn't calibrated and you're just going to kind of be off. I think the best way to be the best version of yourself so that you can be in so you can get into a state of flow more where you're in the zone is to get good sleep. Um, I, I had a buddy have a buddy who's a, a pro soccer player and he has to treat his body right. He has to treat his mind right. He picked up transcendental meditation, all this stuff. And it made me think, I'm like, damn, like why, you know, and, and I used to be a high performance athlete is like, why don't I do this more? Like treat my life as if I'm a professional athlete or treat my life as if it's its own business itself. Um, and, and yeah. And looking at it like that, like you set up your budget, like, cause you need your, your business needs a, a budget. You need to ha- be in the green for it to work. Little things like that. So whatever your goal is, write them down. That, that's another thing. You said you want three things, right? Yeah. So three things, get sleep, uh, write your goals down and take action. Okay. Yeah. The sleep thing is, is, is funny to me because it's such a wake up call at like 28 because before four hours of sleep, five hours of sleep, I'm functioning fine. Yeah. Now it's like overnight, five hours of sleep, I'm dead. I'm still dead. Yes. And it's like it's like that weird adult transition thing. Yeah, it's it's um it if you don't get to sleep, it throws you off for the whole day. Then all of a sudden now you're getting these weird cravings for sugar. Now you're getting uh uh it, it just it, it it just throws you off. Drinking a bunch of water helps a lot too. Like I carry around water with me. I used to clown people that carried around jugs of water. <laughs> the bucket. Yeah. Now I got a sixty-four ounce hydro flask that I carry with me. My it, it's night and day. Some days I forget it, and it's just like I'm more irritable at two o'clock because I'm a little dehydrated. Like it's little things like that. I always I feel like I'm for me to be a functional adult because like ADD and stuff. I'm spinning like eight plates. All these things I got to <laughs> do. I got to meditate. I got to drink water. Get it's just like. <laughs> and it's weird because like then you look, have to depend on it. So sometimes if I don't I don't meditate in the morning, I'm like, what is wrong with me today? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. How long have you been meditating for? Uh, about a year and a half consistently yeah. now. Nice. Um, but like I definitely skip. I'm like this. The the whole go. I'll be good a week, then bad a week, and then it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. But but like you said, don't like not beating yourself up is the biggest thing, and you just you just get get back to it. It's here's what helped me not beat myself up too. is like you're training yourself to do all these things because five years ago we weren't doing any of this stuff we weren't meditating we weren't you know scouring books we weren't on, on self-development i was an asshole five years yeah. ago. <laughs> <laughs> so so like you can't go from like hey i'm an asshole to like the next day be like oh i'm reading books i'm I, you know i'm doing all this it's like it, you it's it's like lifting weights you got to start with a little bit don't over don't overtrain yourself and just have a consistent thing. And then then there's like a week or or maybe there's a month where I don't maybe I don't meditate. Exactly. You know, maybe I take a week off the diet. I just eat a bunch of sugar. Like you gotta have you gotta have. There's gotta be fun in there. Exactly. Like I'll tell people. I'm like, look, if you thought that was bad five years ago, I'd have made you cry. <laughs> <laughs> that's and, called growth. And, and yeah, and this is like I, I'm telling you, I've been the person that's like hyper motivated, like singular focused. To all of a sudden, like I was like two years ago, I was questioning my work ethic. I was like, and I and that killed me too because I've always been. My friends are like, you're such a you work hard this and that. And at one point, I was like, why am I this lazy person? There was like a stretch where I couldn't get to work. I could. It was just everything was like at this level, at this low level. It was it it built shame. It was this weird cycle and once you start to spiral it, it and the further into the spiral you get it's it gets hard like i won't i mean when i was broken up with my girl at one point i was i started thinking about like seriously thinking about committing suicide yeah that's and it, 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 which was 
freaking nuts to me, man. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a positive person. And that was, that was the, the uh, talk about a kick in the butt. I was kind of like, dude, who, who are you right now? Like, like, and that, that was like the slow transition to get my stuff back together. How did you do that? Like, cause that's such a wake up call to say, like, I'm thinking about taking, taking myself out. How did you did what, what did you do after that wake up call? Cause you said it's helped snap you out of it. Um, I guess uh, appreciating like that. There's the main thing was having my dog there because I wanted. I was thinking like I, I would slip my wrist in a warm bathtub, um, and then I looked at my dog and he was just like looking at me, almost like he like knew what I was thinking. And I was like immediately I felt so bad and I was like no this this isn't me. And I just and it was and here's the thing is like after that it's not like all of a sudden I was back to being this motivated dude. It was it was a slow transition. Like all right, stop smoking weed every single day. Yeah. All right, that's one. Stop. Uh, get back in the gym. Go work out. Stop stuffing your face with Oreos because I, I binge eat to feel better. Um, it, it, it's like a thing I do, and I was you know it's just like minimizing on the self destructive behavior. And then when you mess up, like be kind to yourself. If you binge eat a lot, do it less, but then plan a day where you 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 do it, and it feels good. That, that way you feel good about it. You you can typically your your compass can it, it'll tell you when you're doing something good or, or bad if if you're like you know, set my objective. See, for me with, uh, cause I, I had to cut back on the weed too, because I was in a down spiral. And for me, it was like, I would smoke him. Like I have all these plans I want to get done. Then I'll just wake up in the morning and feel terrible. Cause I didn't get anything done. And that was like the spiral yes. for me. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna be productive. Well, if I take a little hit, then yeah. a little hit becomes a couple hits. And I was just for a while, just not getting anything done and just wake up my laptop in front of me with my to do list. And that was like the, the morning depression when I look over and be like, I was supposed to get all these things done last night. And I had five hours to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and for like the everyday weed smoker too, since it's becoming more socially acceptable. And I can go, I can smoke weed and do things. Yeah. But when you do it every day, it starts to change. It's hard to admit that to yourself. Cause you're like, no, it makes me better. It makes me more relaxed. I could like totally, I was like defending it. And then like I, t I did uh sober October and I was like, oh yeah, it's definitely slowing me down. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, uh, I had to, like, I, I was in denial about that for like a couple years. And I finally, like, recently, I was like, I, I can't. You know. oh, I had a lot. I was lying to myself too. I was like, I perform better. But then every time we do a setup, like, uh, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not see your set last night? <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, that's another. Yeah, being like. There's a place for being high on stage as like a like almost like training with a weight vest, but I think for like the real stuff, being clear is the best way to go for me. Ex yeah, uh, I am, I'm the same because I'm like okay. So let's say that you are going to smoke, right? But you do worse. Do you? Why are you putting on a weighted like you said? Put it on a weighted vest to do something you want to do financially, like you want to make money from this. Yeah. Why are you putting on a weight vest every yeah, day? Yeah, you're slow. You're slowing yourself down. And here's the thing too: is like I'm a extreme person so i would just i would smoke like every 20 minutes trying to chase this high that i once had and paradoxically like when i stop smoking and like and that's stop but like i smoke sometimes now all of a sudden like smoking once a month or twice a month now all of a sudden i get the high that i was looking for the whole time and <laughs> exactly. it's like fun it's like that creative feeling you get the giggles again it's it's like so for anybody that's in a rut and they're blazing every day and you've been thinking about stopping because there's i was in that whole like i'm done this is the last uh, this is the last gram I buy or whatever, or last eighth I, I buy, and I would just, the net same day, <laughs> I, I did that probably hundreds of times. So, like, finally, like, being able to control myself with that has, has been a huge help. And it's weird because, like, I, I relate to what you're saying, and I think at some point tonight, smoke up everything you got, and then yeah, <laughs> just or, or dump it in the toilet and then say, tomorrow I'm not going to smoke. And just every hour reminds yourself, like, you're not going to do it. Like, for me, that's what accomplish some of my goals was it was very extreme like one of my friends happened to see i used to have reminders in my phone like hey don't buy don't buy weed right now don't go don't don't go get anything don't smoke and it was like every hour and one of my friends had my phone and the alert popped up he was like that's weird but it was something i needed to every hour i was reminding myself of my goals that that's what i'm saying it's little things like that you got to find what works for you um Finding what works for you is the best. Like little tricks and little ha little hacks like that are the best. Cause I forget. Like oh yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is about I me. Mean, I will forget certain things. Like if I'm in a relationship, sometimes I'll go out and be like I'll forget for an hour. I'm in a relationship. Like I just forget parts <laughs> of my life. <laughs> it's that like uh, the the internal, the primal part, the limbic part takes over, and all of a sudden, like if, if you 
pressure comes on, you get anxious, then all of a sudden you're like, where's my bowl? Exactly. I need this, it's this weird thing, but being mindful helps like, helps you stop yourself in the tracks. Well, it seems like you've, you've learned a lot. And so I told you that this podcast comes with a surprise. Um, it seems like you've learned a lot. And so I want you to give a motivational speech based off what you've learned. I'm going to put some music on the, on the headphones. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've known you've seen them because you went through a self-development kick and you're still on it. Those motivational speeches that Les Brown likes to give or uh, Gary Vuchanik. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll put on the music and you let me know when you're ready. Oh, I'm, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Hey, little mistakers. This is Freddie Valoy. And I'm here to tell you it's, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You're in a rut. You don't know what's going on. You're, you're confused. You can't see your future. I'm here to tell you that I was, I've been to the top, I've been to the bottom, and I'm somewhere in the middle now, but I want you to take this journey with me and with Justin. It's going to be okay. Let's be honest with ourselves. Let's look at ourselves objectively, and let's work on our strengths. Let's work on our weaknesses. Do what you got to do to be the best person you could be, all right? That feeling of being in the zone, you like that feeling when everyone's everyone's connecting. It's, a, it's like an internal thing. Only you can explain it, but I feel like you know what I'm talking about. Do what you got to do to be that person you feel like you can be. You know, that you, whether you fantasize about a certain life, if you're fantasizing about a certain life, you can get it. Just make sure that it's your life, all right? Oh, man, that, was, that, that started off funny, and then I got, like, really, like, ah, yeah. No, no, no. You're, you're, t- you're telling people what they need to accomplish. So yeah, like, man. Uh, you let them down by, uh, you let their guard down by being funny. Then you're, like, hit them with the motivation. There we go. <laughs> No, yeah, but yeah, just know that like somebody out there loves you, man, and they they want the best for you, and you probably make somebody's day happy. And if you make yourself better, then in turn you can make the people around you better, man. It's it. I'm I'm learning that right now through uh, by, by example. So um, yeah, you know, podcasts like this, um, we have I think the same type of podcast, and I love it, man. I love it. Like so, somewhere in the world, we were probably going through our dark days together probably yeah <laughs> some like weird quantum entanglement or something exactly. like that we're like, just waking up smoking like we gotta do better yeah man you know it too man deep down inside that little that little voice in, in, in that in, it's inside man listen to it and 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 you can tell when you're doing the right thing because it starts it's like a the system it, it, it gives you that feedback it's like a deeper happiness when you start doing what you're supposed to do it's not like that like the the weed high where you're like oh I'm happy right now like when you get some accomplished that you've worked on it's like a deeper deeper yeah, man. happiness gives you that equanimity exactly oh using big words on it <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm still paying these student loans so I gotta, you know I gotta, you got to show gotta them get my money's worth <laughs> um so tell the people what you got going on um guys subscribe rate and review if you like podcasts like like this then you you'll, you'll like the Fred Talk podcast uh, my goal with every episode is to help people think laugh or get inspired to take action with something big i have a variety of guests on i also do dolo cast where it's just me uh, riffing on some thoughts maybe selling telling some stories um, all with the message of you know we all want to get better, but we all want to have fun doing it, you know, and just just trying to figure this whole thing out, man. It, you know, I feel like you and I, Justin, we're just dudes trying to figure it out, putting it out there. Um, you know, don't compete with anybody else. Compete with yourself. And and uh, I don't know, man, just comedy out in the triangle. I got some shows in New York City coming up um, March 23rd at Greenwich Village Comedy Club. And then um, – was it March that Monday, March 25th at Gotham Comedy Club as well? Um, two years in, I'm doing something different with stand up that I just decided this week. I'm gonna I'm gonna release a tiny a tiny comedy special. It's three minutes, and the whole thing because I'm active on social media, I want people to see the progression. I post clips of me bombing as well, um, like throughout time. So like I feel like if I post like a little thing of a good set, I'm gonna call it a comedy special. In a couple of years, I do something else. Like just, just so everybody can see the progression and know that like we're out here working. You know, it's not glitz and glamour. You know, I think that's good. Like we're in the middle. Like you're gonna see our bad days, our good days. Yep. And and even I've even had trouble opening up about the bad days. So I want to release more of those. Yeah. Uh, those days I just don't feel like writing or going on set. Um, so yeah, I think that's important to say we're in the middle and we're trying. Yeah, man. Give, find an accountability partner, somebody that you don't want to tell that you messed up and it, it helps. And even, and you'll, you'll still mess up every now and then and you'll, you'll tell them, but it, getting it out there. Like when I talk about me and my girl being like honest, like let's put those half baked thoughts out on the table. It, it helps 
having someone to listen to it and then all of a sudden this person's like damn they're telling me this like you're you're making them better in some way as well so get that friend that hurts your feelings sometimes when they tell you the truth yes it's what you need yep it absolutely is, it is what you need um anything else what's the last line you want to leave people with uh just something that's they're going to listen to this and then their week is going to be based off this sentence so you're going to tell them to have a good week uh mistakes are okay they depend on you right now for your sentence let, let's fail and let's grow together let's fail and grow together and that was humor and mistakes here on 103.5 fm we're here every week at 5 p.m uh remember everybody makes mistakes but it's okay fail hard and uh find someone that's gonna hurt your feelings basically that's what we're, <laughs> yeah, that's what we're looking <laughs> for your accountability buddy uh this was freddie valoy and mcneil uh we'll be here again next week Thank you, Justin. Love you, little mistakers. <laughs> All right, mistakers. We're not over just yet. I wanted to include this snippet. As I mentioned in the intro that you just heard, that was my second intro. So live on the radio air, I, for some reason, couldn't figure out why Freddie's mic wasn't working. And I had to redo the intro. And to be honest, I didn't figure it out what was wrong with his mic in the second intro until about a minute into the episode. And I was internally freaking out. And then during the episode, I was beating myself up for still messing up. And at some point, I was like, just let it go. So I wanted to let you know that people make mistakes, including myself. And here is an honest mistake that I made a year and a half into doing this radio show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Humor and Mistakes podcast with me, McNeil, here on 103.5 FM. Each week we have a guest on our show to discuss mishaps, mistakes, and missteps that they made throughout life. We hope to find wisdom and a few laughs along the way. This week, I'm here with comedian and creator of the Fred Talk podcast, Freddie Valoy. I, I must have sped through it because the music is not over yet. <laughs> How are you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Do you have a name for your, uh, your listeners? Uh, I've, been, I've been debating that. Like uh, Someone told me to call them Little Mistakers. Yeah, yeah, Nicolette told me to call them Little Mistakers, um, but I'm trying to develop a name for the for the people. How's it going? So how's your day, man? Like, it's a beautiful day out. Oh, it's been good, man. You know when it's just raining a ton and you're just dying to get out? So it's just finally, like, cashing in on that's been good. My, my girl's uh, parents are in town, so they're riding around bird scooters, and I was following them on my longboard. Okay. Yeah. How's that going? What? Hold on, sorry. We might have started because... Can you... Sorry, hold on, hold on, hold on. My bad, my bad.